you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we have a special podcast for you guys today. It's another crossover edition of the Locked on Cowboys podcast. We spoke with Patricia Trena of Locked on Giants to preview the Cowboys and Giants week five matchup. So let's go ahead and get into that interview with Patricia. Hey, welcome back, Giant fans, and a big welcome to the Dallas Cowboy fans. You are here with Patricia Trena of Locked On Giants, and joining me now is Marcus Mosier. He is one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Cowboys podcast, and we are here to do our weekly crossover show. Marcus, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Patricia. I'm, uh, I'm excited to do this. It feels like we play all the time, the Cowboys and Giants, but this certainly feels like the latest in the season, right? Normally, we're used to... Uh, a week one or week two game week five. This is, this is a little later than usual. Yes, it is. And I think it was by design, actually. I mean, I I wonder how much COVID had to do with it and how much they were wondering if maybe they would cancel the first four games of the season, but nonetheless, we play, you know, the teams played the first four games of the season. The Cowboys are one and three, the giants are one four, the NFC East. What a mess. What a mess. It's atrocious, man. Yeah, and let's start there, Marcus, you know, because I've been I've been asking, you know, other other folks their opinions about the NFC East, because this is, you know, a topic I think that needs to be discussed. What do you think has been the biggest problem with the division this year? I I really don't know, but it's just it's frustrating because, you know, not too long ago, the the NFC East was considered like the premier division in football, right? It was the every week it had the primetime game or the you know, the America's game of the week. And all of a sudden, this is the the division that gets laughed at. I I don't know if this is just over time, the front offices have gotten worse. Um, I'm not sure if the quarterback play has decreased. I know uh, maybe that's it, you know, with, you know, New York having Eli Manning for all those years and the Cowboys having Tony Romo. Uh, I'm not sure. I I honestly don't have a good answer for you. I'm I'm not sure why this, why this division has tailed off so much in the last two, three, four years. All right. Well, then let's kind of focus in then on the Cowboys. You know, Mike McCarthy hired. I know a lot of Cowboy fans and writers were excited given his resume. The results just haven't been there yet. And I'm just curious, what do you see as the biggest problem? Why why the Cowboys are just off to one of their worst starts ever? Yeah, so there's really two trains of thoughts here, right? It's either you blame the offense and you, or you blame the defense. And I think I can make the case for each, right? Um, we'll start with the defense. I mean, they've been bad. They forced, you know, one real turnover, one interception in week one. Uh, they can't rush the passer. Now, they've had some injuries in their linebacking core, and that's been a problem. But uh, they just don't have a lot of top-end talent on this defense. Uh, they're switching to a new scheme with Mike Nolan. And they're completely lost right now. And this defense is giving up, you know, 40 points a game over the last three games. It's just really bad. 
But on the offensive side of things, they're putting up a lot of points and yards, but they're also making a ton of mistakes, right? This is a team, again, over the last three weeks, they have nine turnovers on offense. They have two failed two-point conversions. They have two missed extra points. Um, they have a safety. They're constantly, uh, you know, giving the defense short fields. So um, as great as their offense has been, they're not holding up the end of the bargain as well. So uh, it, it, right now they're just not playing complementary football. Um, you can see the ceiling of this team, but you can also see the floor. I mean, if this offense struggles at all to move the ball, this is a really bad team. That again, I'm not sure there's, you know, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that can stop their offense. So through four games, it's it's hard to make any big, you know, sweeping decisions about Mike McCarthy. Um, but so far, it hasn't been great. You know, I want to talk about the offensive line because for years, the Cowboys had probably the cream of the crop in terms mm. of offensive lines. They've had some injuries. I know Travis Frederick retired. Lyle Collins is banged up. I think he's on IR. I think yes. uh, the center Looney is also banged up. And I think there might be even another guy that you have banged up. You know, just how much do you think that's kind of contributed to the offense's struggles? A lot. And again, they haven't necessarily struggled with uh, putting points up on the board, but they have been inconsistent. Like in the in the Browns game in week um, four, right? They score 38 points in that game, but they score no points in the second or third quarter. They have a bunch of turnovers, and those turnovers are caused by poor offensive line play. Um, both of the sacks that Miles Garrett got were against an undrafted free agent right tackle in Terrence Steele, uh, who is playing for Lyle Collins. Uh, Tyron Smith, it was his first game back from a neck injury. Uh, they're used to having three, four Pro Bowl, all, you know, Pro Bowl caliber offensive linemen on this team, and it just hasn't been that good this year. I mean, I know Giants fans listening to this are probably rolling their eyes right now, but the, this Cowboys team is so accustomed to having great offensive line play that when you see them performing well below average, it's just it's a shock. Now, flipping over to the defense. I, I think I read where Mike McCarthy was asked about the struggles of the defense and he said it wasn't coaching. It wasn't the scheme. It wasn't talent. Well, if it's none of those three, then what is it? Uh, communication. That's, that's what Mike McCarthy believes is that the linebackers and the defensive backs aren't communicating. Um, no. And I, there's, there's a little bit of truth to that. So Leighton Van Resch was the, the player wearing the green dot, the, the helmet calling all the plays. Um, he got hurt in week one. They shifted it over to Jalen Smith, and it's just not something that Jalen Smith um, does well. Uh, they've had some miscommunications in the secondary. They're changing guys in and out on the defense. Uh, guys that were starting at safety earlier in the year are now playing cornerback. So I do think that's part of it. But there's also the the question of effort. Um, you if, if you watch that Cowboys and Browns game, you saw a lot of guys loafing around, jogging to the football, uh, not trying to make plays to, to tackle the runner. And I think that has to factor in there as well. If you're a Cowboy fan, what are you excited about? What are you liking about this team this year? Yeah, I think there's still, as you mentioned before, this offense has had a bunch of turnovers, a bunch of mistakes. And yet they're still scoring into the upper 30s every week. If they can cut out cut out some of those turnovers um, and just get down to one or two a game, this offense could very well average 38, 39 points a game. I mean, that's just how much talent they have uh, with the quarterback and the running back and the receivers. So if the defense can be 
any bit better in the you know the final three quarters of the season if the offensive line can improve which we think it will now that it's getting healthier and they can cut back on the turnovers this could be a, an historically good offense and um, with Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott all on the same page about how they want to win games I expect some more of these big big offensive production games from uh, Dak Prescott and company and then finally, Marcus, if you're the Giants, where do you see the key to the game being against this Cowboys team? Yeah, it's just on offense, right? If the Giants can hit big plays down the field, which the Cowboys have just given up, you know, constantly, uh, they'll have a lot of success. I'm really looking at Darius Slayton, who um, on the outside looking in, he looks like the most explosive receiver on this roster. Uh, again, the Cowboys are really banged up in the secondary. Trevon Diggs is a second-round rookie from Alabama who's dealing with a shoulder and a knee injury. He's been close to making plays so far, uh, but he's been surrendering a ton of yardage. Jordan Lewis has been bad. So if the Giants can protect up front and they can block the Cowboys' edge rushers, there should be guys running wide open all day long. So uh, they should be able to hit some big plays. And as a Cowboy fan and as a podcaster, I'm really nervous about uh, what this offense can do down the field. All right, Marcus, good stuff. He is Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys. I am Patricia Train of Locked On Giants. We're going to take our final break here on the Locked On Giants podcast, switch over and flip the tables so that I answer Marcus's questions about the Giants on this crossover Thursday. Stay with us. Hey guys, it's me, Marcus Mosier, and I wanted to tell you about Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I also wanted to tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know, they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Cowboys and Giants fans, I'm here with Patricia Trainer of Locked on Giants to talk about the Cowboys-Giants Week 5 showdown in the NFC East. I want to say it's like a loser uh, leaves town match, but it really isn't. I mean, you could lose the next two or three games in the NFC East and you're still going to be in contention. But uh, Patricia, I have to ask you uh, first and foremost about our ex-coach, Jason Garrett. Um, how have the Giants fans liked him so far? What are the pros and cons have you seen um, from him as an offensive coordinator? 
Well, right now the Giants offense is off to a slow start. So I think the jury is still out about Jason Garrett. Um, I know I, I like the hire when it was made because Jason Garrett is a former NFL quarterback. You know, he had a stint here with the Giants back in 2000, you know, was part of that Super Bowl team. Um, and I just think that Jason Garrett in, in the past has gotten a little bit more blame than maybe what he should have gotten. Now, with that said, the execution hasn't been there. And now there are some people who are kind of whipping out the knives for, for Garrett and for Daniel Jones. But, you know, what you have to remember is this is a rebuilding team. All right. The offensive line is still not complete. It won't be complete probably until next year. They don't have Saquon Barkley, who was a huge part of that offense. You know, so I'm sure Garrett had to throw out quite a bit of his playbook. And they've lost Sterling Shepard for at least another week who was so good at finding soft spots in the zone and getting open. So just, you know, a lot of uh, unexpected twists and turns for the Giants offense. It hasn't been what people maybe envisioned it would be, but I, I don't think anybody's really given up on them just yet. Yeah, and that's fair. I think, you know, one of the things that Jason Garrett does do really well is he helps build an offensive line. You saw it in Dallas. It's all the guys that he was able to bring in. I do think Andrew Thomas long-term is going to be a good fit there. So uh, I, I think the job's not done there for the Giants on their offensive line. Uh, you mentioned Saquon Barkley. How big of a loss is that? I know they brought in Devontae Freeman. Um, they weren't running the ball particularly well with him, uh, but what are the ways in which they're missing him so far this season? Well, I think in the passing game, I mean, I think the plan this year was they were going to get Barkley more involved in the passing game, get him out in space more where he could be a mismatch against linebackers and maybe even safeties. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, you're right. When when he was healthy and in the lineup, they weren't running the ball as well with Barkley in there. I think everything he gained, he had to work for. But, you know, you look at the passing game and and that's where I think they're really struggling most without him. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that you're always afraid of when you play the Giants is Barkley in the screen game is nearly unstoppable. And now that you don't have to really worry about that part of the offense, it becomes much easier to to slow down guys like Slayton and Evan Ingram and Golden Tate. So not having Barkley in the passing game is a is certainly a big loss for the Giants. Um, Patricia, let's go ahead and flip over to the other side of the ball. I want to talk about something that's very encouraging for the Giants. I thought James Bradbury was a fantastic signing by New York this offseason. Not a lot of people know about him. I mean, he's, he signed a big contract, but he's not necessarily a household name. Tell us how Bradbury has done in the first four games as, as a Giant. By far, he's been the best I would say he's been the best free agent signing that they've made. And that's no disrespect to Blake Martinez, who I would put it as a very close second to Bradbury. And the reason why I give Bradbury the edge is because the Giants, you know, way back when they signed him, um, the secondary was young. They were coming off of a rocky season. We just didn't know what was going to happen. And mm. the expectation was he would bring some stability and some calmness to that unit, which he has. Now, along the way, we know what happened with DeAndre Baker. He fell into some legal issues. Um, Sam Beal opted out. And now the Giants are, you know, they've been basically having a revolving door trying to find a second cornerback to complement Bradbury. 
But with all that said, you know, this is a guy who has really cranked up his game. And, you know, we've seen it from him before. I don't think a lot of people really pay attention. You know, they focus on the Stephon Gilmore's of the league. But Bradbury went up against, you know, some really, really good receivers in the the, uh, NFC South. You know, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, um, the guys down in Tampa Bay, Mike Evans, Godwin and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he and he held his own against those guys. So. You know, I, I just think that he, he brings that work ethic. You know, he doesn't say a lot when he's on the calls with us. He's just very kind of businesslike. But boy, does he let his his play do the talking. And he has just been a really, really good addition to that defense. And, and here's the other thing that I don't think he gets enough credit for. You know, we talk about the pass rush and how the back end and the front end have to support each other. Well, if the back end isn't holding up their end of the bargain, their coverage, then really the front end, and you're gonna you're gonna find that they're gonna be a hair or too late in getting home with the pass rush. That has not been the case this year. The Giants pass rush has actually been a little bit better than I think anybody has anticipated. And I think you've got to give some of that credit to Bradbury and the work he's done in the defensive secondary. So um, this is a question about Bradbury still, but also about the other cornerbacks, because one of the big advantages the Cowboys do have on their team is they have three super talented receivers, um, and most teams don't have the cornerbacks to match up with them. Uh, Who do you expect Bradbury to cover, um, and which of the other spots between maybe Isaac Gideon or Darnay Holmes uh, has been the bigger weakness this year? Well, Isaac Yadam has been – benched actually i think his his Mm. role you know they started him as a it's interesting to to bring you the the sequence they started off with bradbury and Corey valentine as the starters and then after two weeks valentine was reduced to special teams and and yadam took over as the starter he was then replaced by ryan lewis and so far ryan lewis who uh, had a, a cup of coffee, I think, last year with Washington. Yep. And, and this summer was with Washington. Um, he's actually played pretty well. Darnay Holmes has been their slot receiver. Or, I'm sorry, their slot cornerback. And it's interesting because that's a position he really didn't play in college. It's one that he's had to learn on the fly. So to answer your question about who's going to match up against whom, you know, the Cowboys receivers basically have a pick your poison type of deal. I don't hmm. know necessarily that it's going to make sense to say, for example, have Bradbury travel with uh, Amari Cooper. Where you know, I I just don't know that that's going to make sense. So my gut feeling is is they're going to stay on their sides, and whoever just happens to come their way comes their way. I mean, you might see an occasional you know travel here and there, but um, I, I would be surprised if you're going to see that a lot. All right, Patricia, one more question, we'll get you out of here. Um, the Giants' pass rush, uh, you know, they, there's some names on that defensive line that teams will, I mean, that you know, fans and podcast listeners will know. Uh, but who is the guy the Cowboys need to be worried about the most on that front four? On the front four, um, I would say Leonard Williams, but I think everybody kind of knows him. Um, Leonard Williams has actually played a lot better this year. And I know the numbers don't reflect it, but he actually opens up opportunities for the other guys, you know, the Dexter Lawrence's and the Dalvin Tomlinson's. But I think if you're looking at a guy you want to keep an eye on, 
maybe keep keep watch on Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez has been playing a much different role than what he's been playing in Green Bay, where he's now attacking. And while not necessarily, you know, like a big pass rusher per se, just to watch how how quickly he shoots the gaps and gets into the backfields. And, I, and I'm looking at a stat right now, actually, where um, according to Pro Football Focus, he leads um, I think he leads the NFL with uh, 23 tackles for a loss or what, the, what pro football focus calls a stop. Jeez. So, so uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's just been that much of a disruptor and this role really has fit him. You know, it, it's different than what he did in, in green Bay last year. You know, he talked about it when he first came over, he said, Hey, you know, I was more on the cleanup crew. So somebody basically, you know, messed up up front. He was there to kind of mop up after them. Now he's the one who's who's basically being more proactive in this scheme, and it's really fit, uh, fit him well. All right, Patricia, tell Cowboys fans where they can find your work and where they can find you at on Twitter. Sure, I'm at Patricia underscore Trina, and you can find my written work at GiantsCountry.com, which is an SI.com sports channel. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Patricia, good luck on Sunday, and I can't wait to talk to you later in the season. All right, sounds good.